Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. We are back this week with another episode of Dynasty Theory to discuss some late round rookies that we all should be focusing on once we hit the third, fourth, even the fifth round of your rookie drafts coming up. We did our mock draft last week, two round mock, a lot of changing parts, a lot of moving parts. So what we talked about last week was the two round mock tonight, late round rookies next week, April 19th. We are going to be discussing some veterans that we might be looking to move or acquire prior to the NFL draft. Some speculation, if you will. No episode Tuesday, the week of the NFL draft, because then Thursday and Friday, we're going to be in our Patreon for about 12 hours the first two nights of the draft. It's going to be a lot of fun for our live draft party with our patrons. But anyway, I've said enough here. Dan, what's going on, brother? Great to be here, man. I got the eye of the tiger tonight, fresh off a Sunday trip to the city of brotherly love, uh, Philadelphia there at the convention center, met Apollo Creed, man. So I'm feeling it. I got the eye of the tiger for us tonight. I hope so. I hope so. And then we got Mitch. Mitch, what's up? What's up? Like I'm just back from Vegas, just like Dan is back from, you know, Philly and Vegas sucks. Like people <laughs> love Vegas. I'm like, you know, if I never go back to Vegas, I'll be completely okay with that. It's, did you did you get any uh, draft prop bets in? Didn't get any. No, you didn't do any. Like the sports books, everything is so busy now that it's just it wasn't even fun. Like we came back a day early, but that's because John and me. I. That's because John and I weren't there. You know, specifically John. <laughs> but I'm just gonna throw myself in the trio. Yeah. But like something crazy would happen if John it was there. It would have been there. much better that way. Yeah. Yeah. I would have had to come back a day early because I would have been out of money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even two days early. I don't know. We got a bunch of people in the chat. Thank you guys for watching live. But like I said, we do want to get through some late round targets. And I was going back, like I always talk about, I went back and listened to last year's episode of this. We we kind of mixed it all up in one. We talked about the tight ends. We did our two round mock. And then we did some late round targets all in one episode last year. How we kept that to like an hour and 10 minutes is beyond me because it was jam-packed with the content but mitch you would be happy you talked about davis mills mm-hmm. and elijah mitchell and i don't even sure know if did. you remember but you i remember elijah them. mitchell and then dan who was it? I, I dropped it in the chat earlier today you mentioned khalil herbert yeah herbert was a good one i like again uh fourth fifth round player in your rookie drafts and i think that was somebody that returned some value there early on as a rookie but we we had have some names here that I think are going to be intriguing. And we always talk about the hit rates, right? What are we talking about here? Maybe 5%. And when I say hit, maybe they return a top 24 season within their position once throughout their career. But when you hit those spikes in value and Mitch, I want you to kind of talk about your overall strategy when you approach third, fourth, fifth rounds, because it's a little bit different than the way I look at it, but I'll turn it over to you in a second. I I went through 2021, 2020, 2019. These are some guys that were going in the third, fourth, fifth round of rookie drafts that maybe yielded some value, but last year, Nico Collins, Chuba Hubbard, 
Ramondre Stevenson, even though we didn't see a production, Josh Palmer, there's some, some excitement there. Kyle Trask, there was a little bump in value because of what was going to happen with Tom Brady, Davis Mills, Elijah Mitchell, Khalil Herbert, uh, going through my names here. That was kind of it in 2021. So not too many, as you can tell, not too many guys that you're like, oh my God, I got to get them on my team. Maybe Elijah Mitchell's that guy. 2020, uh, Jordan Love, Claypool, uh, Van Jefferson, Cole Komet. But again, tight end premium, maybe he got bumped up a little bit. Looking through Albert O, Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis. So some some guys. Was 2020 James Robinson too, right? Mm-hmm. Was that J-Rob? I don't even think he was being drafted nope. in rookie draft. So he was not pulling on that list. I got him off 20... of a lot of waiver wires that year. Right. And then 2019, Dawson Knox, Hunter Renfro, Gardner Minshew, Miles Gaskin, Preston Williams, Miko Hardman, Terry McLaurin slipped. And then Devin Singletary. And that was pre-draft, that, that list right there for 2019. So some things may have shifted once the NFL draft capital. But like I said, Mitch, you and I, not necessarily that we disagree on this at all, But you go in to your rookie draft season with a purpose, with a goal in mind. And you've talked about it previously, but if anybody's missed it, I want to give you the opportunity to throw your spiel out there. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. But it's so I tech a little bit different because the hit rates are so low. So let's say I have 20 teams and I go out and draft 10 different players in the third and then 10 different players in the fourth round. Let's say, so I have, you know, two shares of each of them. So if some hit, I'm really going to help two teams. That's it. That's really who who I'm helping out there. And even if you go back and let's say you hit on Elijah Mitchell, that's awesome. You helped out two of your teams, but even look at Elijah Mitchell's value now. It's a late first and he's in probably the best position that any running back is if it was. Anybody else? Like if it was Trey Sermon doing what Eliza Mitchell did last year? Oh, 100%. He would be a top five running back in the league right now. But since Elijah Mitchell went where he did and where we took him in the dynasty drafts, people are hating on him. And that's it doesn't matter who we name today that's going to rise in value. That's their max. Like the best case scenario is Eliza Mitchell. So what I do is I want to go extremely heavy on two to three players in the third and fourth round. And I, if I could get them on every single one of my teams, I'm happy with it. Cause like John said, it's a 5% success rate. If you're lucky, maybe, so maybe last year, I flat out felt it. I did a lot of Anthony Schwartz in the third, you know, maybe something happens with Watson this year. And then I did Kylan Granson in the fourth and there's hope. But I mean, right now those are two lost picks and lost rounds in all of my drafts. Cause I have over 50% roster ship of both of them. Would you but say they're really they, lost, though? I mean, like Schwartz, Granson, they're not toast. No, I mean, like, like, like either of them, I could see doing something this year. You know, I mean, they have mm-hmm. a better opportunity. They're a year stronger. They're a year wiser. Like, they're not dead. You know, I'm not saying they took off or gave you what you hope, Mitch, but for a fourth or fifth round pick, that's not terrible. Now, it might end up being terrible after this year, but like Cleveland could use Schwartz more this year. Yeah, and I what completely we, agree. What we always talk about, too, at the beginning stages of a rookie draft or startup, avoid those landmines at all costs. And that's kind of where it's, it's, this is 
straying away from the point a little bit, but in startups, why we always like to trade back ideally, because mm-hmm. it's a way to avoid that risk there early in the startup. But the same could be said for rookie drafts, right? And then what we're aiming for in the third and fourth round are those value spikes. You know, if you miss on an Anthony Schwartz, a Kylan Granson, like you're not, your dynasty rosters are not set back. Oh my God, I'm never going to recover from this. Like you're still going to be okay, but it's getting those value spikes. So if you would have been overweight on Elijah Mitchell, as opposed to just a few shares here or there, you're in a pretty good spot. But again, just like you talked about with Mitchell, if he had that NFL draft capital, even third round, it's a different ball game. I mean, he wouldn't have been going in the fourth round of rookie drafts, but now his value is suppressed a little bit. And it's the, the James Robinson effect. It's the Chris Carson effect, but it still allows those guys to be attainable in existing leagues. So, you know, just because you do miss on them in your rookie draft doesn't mean that it's a lost cause moving forward. Maybe you have to pay up certainly beyond what you paid in the rookie draft, but the opportunity is there. We got Salazar in the chat. I got a lot of Nico Collins, Josh Palmer and Mills Mills, obviously nice little spike in value, but it just like Dan mentioned, Nico Collins and Josh Palmer, two guys that aren't lost causes by any means. Yeah. There's even a little higher ceiling there, you know, especially Nico Collins, you know, he really flashed. He's got a great opportunity this year. Mitch, I think even like a better example would be like the people that drafted Tylon Tylon Wallace last year or Trey McKitty. Like you named like receivers and a tight end that you drafted that again could still have a roster spot. I think year two is really big for these rookies, but you're really depressed if you were big on like the Tylon Wallace train last year, Shy Smith, um, Daz Newsome, Trey McKitty. I mean, there's some guys that are really kind of dead weight right now. So as we talk tonight, third and fourth, fifth round picks. Elijah Mitchell is our dream come true, that kind of scenario. But I think the hard part for us this year, boys, is going to be I, I am not as excited about guys in the third, fourth, fifth round as I was over the moon last year trying to get some guys that I was really attracted see. to. See, I am. There are those guys. And maybe it's just me being the promoter that I am. You have to talk up the episode, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love these guys. I love them in the third, fourth, fifth round. But I really do. There are certain guys that really stand out to me. And you look back at last week's episode, if you didn't have the chance to go listen, check it out. A really fun episode. A lot of, a lot of information. Not only did we do the mock draft for the rookies, but we kind of did a one versus one scenario. Would you trade them one for one with veterans? So providing that additional context, which I think at times to our own horn at times is left out in certain uh, analysis across the, multiple platforms there. Um, but let's get into it. And I, I think well, one thing I want to say, and Mitch, you brought this up. I think it was on an episode of the pivot point, which is every Friday or Saturday on the dynasty theory Patreon, five bucks a month. Typically it's Mitch and myself. Sometimes it's just me, but you asked me, JB, would you rather have like the 306 or a 2023 third and fourth or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I think this ties in well to this episode. I said, if there's nobody that's really on my radar, I would rather have the future picks. And it's not because of the way the class looks. It's because and and Dan, you do this really well. Actually, it gives you additional ammo throughout the next season 
So if I'm sitting there and I have an injury at running back and I want to go out and get Duke Johnson after he pops for a few games, I need that replacement. I can go use that fourth round pick that I have. Whereas if you're just using it to use it on this year's class, when there's nobody that you love, you don't have those picks to help you make those moves later. So I think just having that ammunition and uh, those, those pieces available can really help you later on down the road. So not necessarily because of the class, but because of those moves that you could make anyway, just kind of a random thought that I, you know, was just thinking about here, thinking about here. All right, Mitch, throw some names out here. I, I, I know you have a few here and I don't, are you going to drop a pun? I don't know. I, I feel like a pun might be coming <laughs> at us here shortly. It could, it sincerely could happen. Like I just had to say it cause you did, but sincere McCormick is still kind of the guy that I'm keeping my eye on, but as much as I like him, he's probably not going to be drafted and he's going to be more of the guy I'm taking in the fourth round more so than a guy I'm looking in the third, but I'm more than happy to move off of him. If there's someone else that comes up because you have a lot of names on your list that like I was looking at, I'm like, yep, I could see it. I could see it. I can see it. So let's say someone like, because it's sincere McCormick, y'all agree, probably undrafted free agent, right? Uh, yeah. And if he is drafted, it's like seventh round draft capital, but I would say most likely undrafted. So if you had someone like, let's say Tyler Algier goes early in the fourth round to a team that kind of has a muddled backfield. Maybe he goes to Atlanta's probably too good. Maybe Miami, right? I was going to say the Jets, Miami. Yeah, Miami. the Jets are fine. Just someone that, that like he's not going to be the immediate starter, but an injury or two, then all of a sudden we're looking at it. Look at all the injuries that happened at running back last year. Mm-hmm. So those are the guys that I'm going to be looking for, especially if it's someone like Algier to where there was pre-draft buzz around him, right? Dynasty community was already talking about him. So what you need with a player like that is you have one good game. And then maybe he helps some people in DFS for a couple weeks. And that's when you can immediately move him, maybe for that 22 second. Well, and th- that's what I'm looking for with these guys. Think of it, and that's, that's a fantastic point. Think about, and I'm going to tie it back to one of Dan's guys from last year, Khalil Herbert. Mm-hmm. He He was moving for future second round picks and I'll be digging in. I I love to utilize, and this is a a free plug, but the DLF trade finder, I, it it just gives you, you know, ideas, but also historical information of, of where these guys traded. So for research purposes, I think it's incredible, but Khalil Herbert is a name that really stands out. Again, you weren't, you weren't out there getting a first round pick for him, but I bet you at least a time or two, somebody might have packaged a second to get like a, a 112 or something, you know, something like that where it could be done. So just having that one game, just having that one situation where the starter goes down, even if it's for two or three weeks, it doesn't even have to be for the whole season. People are always looking for those plug and play uh, running backs. And it's kind of what I talked about again with having the future third, fourth round picks using those mid season. So as we go through these names, I'm going to kind of provide my data-driven context. Mm-hmm. Sincere McCormick, a little bit, little bit slower. The the burst score, a little bit lower. He does hit that threshold for receiving college dominator. Uh, the the reception market share max and average. He was good there. He was actually fairly efficient. He he. 
from from a rush, rushing yard market share over rushing attempt market share. So what you're doing is taking their uh, it's an efficiency metric essentially. But sincere McCormick was uh, 1.025, and just for reference, when we look at that, that's for a minimum score. Uh, like Rashad White was 1034. Uh, James Cook was 112. So, anyway, I don't want to get caught up on that, but McCormick does check a lot of the boxes. So, again, not, not the fastest guy, but from an efficiency standpoint, I think he could provide some, uh, you know, a little boost to a backfield there. But I, I think it would take a muddied situation. Mm-hmm. Like one of those those teams that just there's a lot going on. There's no clear-cut guy. And we're probably going to talk about that with a lot of guys. Like not many of the names listed tonight are guys that, yeah, they're going to be a day one starter. It's just Mitch, not going to happen. Mitch is really diamond mining with Sincere McCormick here. He is outside my top 60 right now of rookies. So I, I think he's diamond mining there for Mr. McCormick. No, he's he's still in my top sixty. I mean, like he might be fifty eight, fifty nine. <laughs> and then last yeah. thing, uh, you know, twenty one years old when the draft comes around, he had the rushing attempt market share at fifty five percent is his max in college. So he is able to handle the workload. Mm-hmm. He looks pretty good. It's just I don't think the NFL is going to like him nearly as much as what I did. I, again, we're we're not sitting. This is these are dirt cheap options in your rookie draft. You have those fourth round picks laying around. Sincere McCormick is a name to keep keep an eye on. All right, Dan, what do you got? Yeah, first let me start with we did our two round mock draft. You know, last episode. And if I could go to 206 to 212, I would like to say 207 to 212, but, you know, Mitch had to throw that curveball and take Zamir White in front of James Cook. So, you know, I think they should be swapped. That's irrelevant. Time will tell, you know, but those last six picks potentially could be bumped out for one of these like third rounders. So there could be a gem here in the third round. When I look back to last year there, where, where I'm lacking the excitement, I, I think when it's nice this year, JB, is someone's going to take a lot of pride when they hit with some, on somebody in the third and fourth round. Especially in our Discord, those people are going to be wow. tired from those victory laps. Holy crap. And, and us included. I know I'm not, you know, I've been known to victory lap once or twice. Right. But like a year ago, I was excited when we were talking about like whether they were my guy, your guy, Mitch's guy, whoever's guy. In the third round, we were talking names like Nico Nico Collins, Ramondre Stevenson, Chuba Hubbard, Kylan Gramson. There was just a little more excitement in those guys. And this year, I think when we get to the third round, I'm like, I don't like this year's tight ends as much as I like last year's tight ends. Like it's not even close to me. So I'm, I'm missing that piece. And then the running backs and receivers, I don't like them as much as last year's running backs and what wide receivers. So, so that's where it's a little bit of a struggle. But if I do have to go fishing, I got to start with the guy that we were high on, despite his scores not being there. And that is a, the running back that you know, JB. You know, he he's both of our guys here. And I don't even think I saw him on the notes tonight. But um, Kyron Williams, I still love him as a running back. His film is still really good. Yes, I'm concerned about his times. Yes, you're out for pouring the water out there. But we're talking third, fourth, fifth round picks. We were thinking he could be better than that until his scores came out. So could he just be a natural good football player that could do well at running back? I'd have no problem drafting him in the third, fourth round. And, and he, he's most likely going to slide to the fourth. So 
I think that could be a nice one. Now, and, and Mitch, you have a few thoughts, I think, here. I can, I can feel it. But I want to say the names that I listed tonight, they're guys that, like, I, Kyron Williams, you want to take him the third? Great. Like, I have him in that third round, so I, like, 310, 311. Like, he did get, he bumped down for me. But the reason I did not list him, these are guys that I will actively be looking to pursue and acquire at cost. Kyron Williams, there's still going to be somebody in most leagues that is going to take him well ahead of where I want to. Like we've done startups post combine that have rookies included and people are still putting kind of that second round grade on Kyron Williams. So because of that, that Dan, that's the reason that I left him off this list. Not to say I wouldn't take him in the third, but because these are guys that I'm actively looking to acquire and, and as these rookie drafts approach and Kyron Williams, I, I think people are going to reach a little bit on him and they, they shouldn't, even though I, I, I loved Kyron. I love him. Third round. I'm game. I'm going to see who's on the board there in the third round, especially as he gets middle, late third round, um, second round, JB, if you're right there, forget about it. No. Um, but you know, if you're talking Kyron Williams or sincere McCormick, I, I think Kyron Williams is going to get drafted, you know, at a decent spot where we might consider him. Well, I mean, but, but Mitch, you're not saying you're ta- like sincere was like bottom. Like, what do I call it, Dan? Ocean floor depth. Ocean floor. Just, yep. Ocean floor depth is fair. So I just want to provide that context. All right. I will just say that. I mean, Dan, I appreciate that you like Kyron Williams more than sincere McCormick. <laughs> you also said that you like Kyron Williams more than Kenneth Walker like two months ago. So that's I'm a little, that, little that's worried. Not fair. That's not fair for the listeners, though, because that was before I think it's pretty fair, John and I had the necessary data to Hey, don't, don't bring me into, this, into your sick games. I'm not involved. <laughs> uh, I think my data was pretty, pretty good on that one. But uh, I will just – my only other comment is I think John's right. Kyron Williams has the name value that we know there's a lot of people in Dynasty who don't pay attention to the kind of players that we're talking about tonight. They're going to see Kyron Williams' name and they're just going to pick him because they're going to be like, well, who else am I going to pick? Am I going to go for Alex Pierce? And it's going to be like, I don't know who that is. Sounds like an actor. So I'm going to go with Kyron Williams. I think that's actually going to happen a lot with someone like Kyron. Actually, I think I was going to bring up Justin Ross as well, right? As much as I would love for him, because I think he's probably going to go fifth or sixth round the NFL draft. As much as I would like, you think that late? You don't think he could squeak into the fourth again? (sighs) You listen to more NFL. The surgery is what worries you, right? You don't know how those medicals are going to check out with him and his back. And if he does fall down that far, people know that name. People have known that name in Devi for three years now to where he had a thousand yards as a freshman. So it's, I really want him on my team. I just think there's going to be someone that takes him well before I do kind of like John mentioned with Kyron Williams. Can I say something really quick? And this has nothing to do with any type of analysis, but I do think we found this year's Terrace Marshall from a name standpoint. Christian. No. You just dropped an Alex Pierce, hmm. and it's Alec Pierce. Oh, this the same way you Jag still say Terrence Marshall. I just li- listen. You know I'm. You know I'm crazy like that. You know I'm crazy. I understand. Yeah, it's my fault. He has a dumb name. Hopefully, it gets better. But just yeah, kidding. Alec Pierce, that's Alex a strong name. There. I love Alec Pierce. I, I think he could potentially <laughs> go late second round. 
They're depending on which NFL team drafts him, you know, where that falls. I, I love his intangibles, measurables, you name it. Yeah. He, he, he was John Mechie range, JB. I, I would, I would take Alec Pierce before John Mechie. It's fair. It's like fair. Alec Pierce. You talk about some guys that might've been able to slip into the back end of our two round mock last mm-hmm. week. Alec Pierce, I think is one of those guys. To my point, that's what I'm saying. I could, I could have easily took him before Mechie at the 210 last week. So he, he was a strong one on the list tonight of guys we're looking at here in the third round, assuming he may may or may not slip. But So are you okay? Like, Mitch, would you take – like, where are you on Alec Pierce? Would you, like, early third, maybe I'm late? I'm not looking at him right now. I'm really worried okay. he's the kind of guy to where we'll kind of want him to be good and he'll never end up being anything. But so I actually have some questions for you guys now. John, so you just brought up Alec Pierce. Right? And you know, I, you know I had to rib you a little bit. I understand. I understand. So let's say you could get him in the third, middle of the third round of most of your drafts. Are you going to want him? Or are you going to want someone like Alexander Madison? Whether it's Jamal Williams, Gainwell, those kind of backs. Because you could get those for a mid-third. Yeah, I think most people will trade them. Is that something you'd be looking to do, or are you going to go with that rookie wide receiver you're hoping pops? It's always that thing, like, we know what Jamal Williams is, and I have so much Jamal Williams, and we we know what Alexander Madison is, but both guys are in a really good situation that if their respective starter goes down, we see that instant return. You know, Jamal Williams offering that flex, maybe running back to upside on a weekly basis if DeAndre Swift were to be out. Alexander Madison getting that workhorse type uh, responsibility with Dalvin Cook out. But then I, I think, like, my my brain says move off of Pierce and take a Madison, take a Jamal Williams. They're boring, but we know what to expect and the opportunities there. But then my NFL draft hype juices get flowing. And I'm like, four four one forty, 116 height adjusted speed score, one of the best in the class. Dude, six three running that type of 40. He's not an early declare, but I mentioned this last week. If you're not power five, it's not as critical. And wait, really quick, I have to go back because somebody called me out on this. And I went back and listened. I was like, holy crap. I, I said, when talking about Sky Moore, I, I was talking about the non-Power 5 not being as critical for non-early declares. And somehow it all ran together for me. And I said Sky Moore was not an early declare. And in my sheet, there's a big fat yes next to Sky Moore's name. So I need to clear the air. That was something that needed to be addressed. There was a scandal. There was a lot going on behind the scenes. I wasn't sure if I was going to be suspended this week because of that comment, but I just need to rectify that. If I could answer that question too, Mitch, mm-hmm. I'd say I would take the wide receiver. I think today, if it's like pre-draft, it's it has to be a early third um, to, to want to move a Madison. But I think anything, any of those other running backs, Jamal yeah, Williams, yeah. Gainwell, I'd move even quicker. But Justin Ross, Alec Pierce, and Jalen Tolbert, I have in this tier of guys that could pop and be sneaky potential. I think Justin Ross, to your point, Mitch, like the NFL teams on draft day are going to tell us how he did with those those medicals. They'll, they'll answer that question for us. Um, but Alec Pierce and Jalen Tolbert have some sneaky upside.
All right. So Dan's kind of surprised me. If you've noticed that, uh, John, the last two episodes, Dan has gone with the rookies more than the veterans, which is like I know a complete flip. So Dan, Kyron Williams, you just talked about him. Let's say same case. You know, he's a mid third round guy that you like. You're going to want him or are you going to want Corey Davis? So I think it flips a little bit different when I'm drafting these running backs versus a kind of veteran has a clear, should have clear. I don't know. Corey Davis is such a, oh, I don't know what you want to right? call him, malcontent. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't want to guess way wrong and say, oh, yeah, I take Kyron Williams. And he goes, gets drafted in the sixth round. And I'd be like, wishing I still had Corey Davis. So I, I might, I'd probably say Corey Davis and take the safer route with the receiver um, in this case. I'm going to take Corey Davis regardless. I, I, I like that one there. Um, Tolber, I, I think that's a good name too. He's a little bit older. He's 23, uh, coming from what, South Alabama, right? Uh, but he checks reception market share, receiving yard market share, receiving yards per team pass attempt, college dominator, breakout age, 20% and 30%. So he's hitting that even higher threshold at the age of 20. Sub 4, 5, 40. Uh, but again, if he goes day three, like there's going to be very few wide receivers. If they go day three, I'm going to care about at all. Yep. F- philosophy wise, theory wise, I'm going to load up on running back. And, but, but again, that's not to say like, like you look at the list that I mentioned, like Deontay Johnson was a, a, a later pick in, in some drafts pre NFL draft, uh, Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis, uh, who was the other wide receiver? Chase Raw St. Brown. No, no, well, but he was still going in the second then yeah, of rookie drafts. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to say I'm, I'm completely out on them, but these lower guys that go day three that we're talking about potentially being third round rookie picks now, and they go day three, there's little intrigue there for me. Um, so J- Jalen Tolbert most likely falls in that category. Nice player checks a lot of those analytical boxes, but when you're rolling in with your Walker and AARP card at that, that old age of 23, Dan, I don't want you. Yeah. The, the, the age piece is, is a little bit concerning. I mean, depending on situation and how the draft falls, the wide receiver goes on day uh, round three. I'm not totally turned off there. You know, I mean, no, 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 no. Round, round three is yeah. fine. We're still talking day so, two there. Yeah, Dave, round four, maybe I'll be a little, round five. I'm getting discouraged, but like, I do still believe in the tape a little bit in these guys. You know, I, I hope I don't have as much conviction in the running backs watching their film compared to some of these. I just think the receivers are a little bit deeper. So uh, Alec Pierce, are you sitting there early third for him? Like I like Alec Pierce. So uh, yeah, early third. Yeah. I'd be, very yeah, happy looking at my, I have him 306 in that tier. That's the earliest I would take him. Same tier as Kyron Williams. But again, I think both Alec Pierce. Now, Alec Pierce pops off and gets a second round draft capital somehow. You know, he goes through and he checks certain boxes. Um, and he's just that that big, fast receiver with that, like I mentioned, the high adjusted speed score. So, it, Still middle of third, a player that I'm probably not going to be overweight on personally. Yeah, I won't go overweight. That's the, that's the one, again, big difference from a year ago. Like last year, I was chasing Kadarius Tony. Maybe to Mitch's point of just liking certain guys and wanting to load your rosters up with them. You have 15 rosters, however many, 100 like JB. There's certain guys you, you try to get because you see the value, you see their talent. 
it's just kind of a big cluster for me th- this year. Like no one really just pops or stands out. Like I really think he's going to be sneaky. And if I do like him that much, they're going way earlier. You know, the, the George P- Pickens, maybe a Christian Watson. Um, it's just a little more obvious. Yeah. And again, we're talking about third round, fourth round, even fifth round times rookie picks here. I'm going to throw out a few running backs. You already mentioned them, but Tyler Algier, he's somebody, you know, not necessarily a, a three down back. I don't think, you know, just clears that receiving college dominator that I've talked about so many times, but still intriguing. If he gets like fourth round draft capital in the NFL lands in a decent situation or a really muddied situation without a clear starter. Maybe I'm looking at him and he could be a good one. JB, he could be better than the guys we drafted in the second round last, last week. I, I know. And actually I have him tiered right around that two ten mark. So somebody that I, I am interested in, uh, Damian Pierce, Kevin Harris and Tyler Beatty. And I kind of smile when I say Beatty because the guys over at NFL rough draft, they're giving me a hard time. So they focus and, and Mike and Ray, if you're listening to this, I hate you, but that's with a monsoon of respect. Just kidding. I know um, they focus primarily on the NFL draft itself. And they're joking with me, JB, if you know, we'll get some good trades done with you for Tyler Beatty after the NFL draft. You know, I'm not going to be going crazy, but we talk about like, he's going to be a good receiving back in the NFL. And I know uh, there's some concerns. People have mentioned his blocking, get being able to stay on the field as a result of that. But he's somebody I talk about checking a lot of the boxes. I, I will be overweight on him. Like 303, 304. And I think that can get it done in a lot of spots, assuming the NFL draft capital slips to where I think it will be. It is a little bit lower, but Kevin Harris. Uh, I kind of like Harris too. Harris is a guy you kind of look at and I'm like, yeah, he could be pretty good. Like all of these guys. So I talk about the way I look at it and it's the minimum threshold approach, but it goes Brees Hall. And this is not looking at draft cap at all. Brees Hall, Tyler Beatty, Tyler Goodson, Kevin Harris, Isaiah Spiller, the top five. And again, this isn't a ranking. It's not, it, it is strictly based off. Do you check this box from a threshold standpoint? Yes, yes, yes. And Beatty, uh, 58% rush attempt market share. One of the highest in the class there. Uh, rush yards per team, rush attempt, three and a half, extremely high. Uh, rush yards market share over rushing attempt market share. We see 18%. Reception market share in college. That's extraordinary. That's great. I want that on my team. But again, I don't have to reach for him probably in the the second round to acquire him. But Beatty, Harris, Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, those are four running backs that I am going to be looking at. Like I said, I'm looking to slam home those running backs in the third round. Those are the the four right there. And then Goodson, I, I think he's still on my list, but he's he might even go undrafted. So I can get him in the fifth round if I want to. Yep. That is a good batch. I'd, I'd add Jerome Ford from Cincinnati in that list. I like Ford as, a, as another guy that I think sneaks in there. Uh, we were talking about potentially not the next Elijah Mitchell, right? And this was ta- being talked about in our, our Discord. And you look at Elijah Mitchell, and it's it, blazing speed, that high burst score, and Jerome Ford, 4-4-6, 106 for the burst score. 
Uh, there are concerns. Doesn't check all the boxes, but neither did Elijah Mitchell coming out. So I think if there's a name to keep an eye on for somebody that very well could be the next Elijah Mitchell, and we say that with very low draft capital, getting him super late in, in your rookie drafts, Jerome Ford is a name to keep an eye on. So, Dan, I'm really glad that you brought that up. So I'm not necessarily looking to take him in the third like I talked about those other four, but hopefully I do land quite a bit of Jerome Ford. Yeah, and it'll depend where these NFL teams take them. You know, we, we say that now, but, you know, someone's going to have like one of these guys a little more than we expect, and it's going to change the way we perceive them come draft day. I mean, every freaking 2-2 Atwell went in the second round. Yep. Uh, uh, Eskridge going in the second round. Two guys that didn't really pan out. But, well, let me pan out through through year one. I'm not saying their careers are over yet. 2-2 two, two there's always these guys, easy right? On two, two. Easy on two, two. He's there. St I still, I'm still holding hope for two, two. He's on a couple of taxi squads, though. Can I get through my thought? Come on. No, no. Two, you've, two you've, you've had a lot of thoughts tonight. We need to talk about two, two. I know. No, we, trust me. You do not need to talk about <laughs> two, two. But the last few years when we've done our draft show, how, there's always those names that come up, and we're like, like, is my did my TV is it is it working correctly? What was that name? Like, I, I swear they said Amon Ross St. Brown in the second round. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Greg in the chat, Beatty's a stud, but I'm a biased Missouri fan. Well, Greg, I am not a Missouri fan by any means. And uh, and I'm agreeing with you here. A what fan again? Missouri. Sorry. Yeah, you cut out there. Yeah. Okay. You're good. I thought you were making fun of the way I say it. He was. Missouri? I think it came out better the second time. Now you just reverted back. I think. Missouri? How, how do you say it? What do you... Missouri. Oh, I say Missouri. I go more or, or I blame being in Pittsburgh. So we got Beatty, Harris, Pierce, Algier. We talked about Justin Ross, talked about sincere McCormick. Uh, Dan, you mentioned this gentleman during our draft show, Pierre Strong. Are you still interested in him? Yeah, I was actually surprised with his name wasn't brought up there. Uh, I am. I mean, he's another, again, sleeper back. Good, you know, yards per carry in his career. Blocking in the highlight film, you know, he, he kind of remind me of like a, I don't know, poor man's Kenneth Walker a little bit there. I, I like what I saw in film. Um, we'll see how the next level of speed is and then where he gets drafted, but he's a sleeper. Pierre Strong. Yeah, yeah, I remember you mentioning him during our running back show. Mitch, any other names for you? I know we talked about, you know, but, but this is exactly when I went back and listened. This is what Mitch did last year. He brings up two names, mm -hmm. and they they both hit year one. They they both they increase in value. So he's it's like, how it is. it's because like, you JB, guys, JB. So you, I'll let you name thirty names and maybe hit on one. So, so for what anyone wants to know, usually what happens is John makes the show sheet and he'll list fifteen names. I'll throw a couple on there, and Dan is slowly turning. Dan used to be a lot more like me and put two names. Now he also does the same thing and puts 15 names down. So then I just go and cherry pick off their names. Like what I'm going to do right now. So Dan wrote down Carson Strong and no interest. Hold on. Hear me out. I will ask you this again because <laughs> I said the same thing last year. If one of these guys go in the third round, I really don't care. I don't want him on team, right? If Carson Strong, Let's say he's going to be going in the top four rounds probably. Someone's going to take him as a backup field duty. If he goes to behind Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, you know, players that are going to be there for a while, not interested at all. Like, okay, fine. You know, they have a backup. He'll 
being the league, low salary for a few years for him, that's good. Now, there's also a really there's a lot of sketchy quarterback situations in the NFL right now, more so than I think that were in previous years going into the NFL draft. What happens if Detroit grabs him in the fifth? Atlanta grabs him in the fifth. Pittsburgh grabs him in the fifth. The Saints grab him in the fifth. All of a sudden now, those, and this could be the exact same if you like Bailey Sappy, so be it. I prefer Carson Strong there. But if he goes to a good spot to where the quarterback's not good, there's a chance to where he could play this year. And as we have seen in 14 and 16 team leagues, Davis Mills is going for like a back-end first now, which I think is the craziest thing. It's a waste of a pick, in my opinion, because you should never be playing Davis Mills in a super flex league. If you are, play a flex player instead. But anyways, that's why I'm just saying, you know, there is a chance now to where I will be willing to draft Carson Strong if he goes to a spot to where I think the quarterback really sucks ahead of him. And same thing. I'm okay with him at like 304, 305. I really am. So I say I'm out on him. I'm not on my radar in the top two rounds, but I do think there's going to be somebody that has more interest in him. And that that's why I'm kind of saying I, zero interest. Um, we have a comment in the chat, Ty Chandler, and I, I do want to run through, you know, any other names that you guys have, but he is lower down this list for me. Um, a basketball player, a Tyson Chandler. Yeah, this is just tie. No, sorry, Chandler's outside my top 60 as well. That's why I, I didn't list him in the show notes. And in my defense, Mitch Mitchell Sorensen, there, yes, sir. You know, for the purpose of our listeners, you know, we've got to, you know, spend these third, fourth, fifth round picks on somebody. So I kind of felt obligated to list some more uh, names in the, in the show notes tonight. And you know, but again, I, I am not crazy about this year's draft can i provide my thoughts on ty chandler for crying out loud you had thoughts on ty chandler? i agree jan dan that was that was very jan? Good. i said jan you know it happens Ty chandler 23 years old you already know that's not especially because he's not getting first round draft capital obviously not getting day two draft capital does he even get day three draft capital we'll see rush attempt market share 35 percent is his max you know i a little bit of a concern Rush yard market share, 41%. Rush yards per team rush attempt on the lower end, 2.1. Was efficient, though, just the same breath as Sincere McCormick. So he did have that efficiency. But then the reception market share, 4.5 average, almost 9 for a max. And then college receiving Domer did check that box, but still lower down for me. Uh running back 20-ish range, maybe. So that that's just that's just my thought there on Mr. Ty Chandler. It's good now, got, Dan. It's good that we got that out. I just wanted to I wanted to address it. I hey, Austin's talking about Ty Chandler and then Dan just steamrolls me. Well you were looking it up. I was filling dead air, JB. I was you know, I, have it, I have it right here. There's gaps. nothing to look up. See, I didn't think you were going to be that quick. I I mistimed your, you know, access to the information there, but that, that was Don't good. Don't ever make that mistake. You know, it was, it was it was like I was saying to Mitch, you know, I was giving the listeners names. We've got to pick guys in these fourth and fifth rounds. So you gave him Chandler. But, you know, Carson Strong, I mentioned, because, like, we've been heavy running backs. And I saw in your show notes, like, no quarterbacks were listed. And you know everybody loves quarterbacks and super flex. 
I do not like this, this quarterback class again, so I'm not banking on any of these guys. I will trade. Ben hates any, everybody. That's I will trade him to anybody in a heart. But this this is a good year to get draft picks off me in those those later rounds. Um, Every year is a good year to get draft picks. No, but I, I, I'm I have more picks in the first and second rounds this year than I have probably in the last three combined, and, and I'm saving a lot of my 2023s unless it makes a ton of sense to move them. So, but you know, Carson Strong. Bailey Zappi, Caleb Ellaby are, were the three quarterbacks that I thought, okay, if they fall to me somewhere where it makes sense in the third or fifth rounds, you know, the Kyron Williams and the Jerome Fords are, are off the off the table. And depending on what wide receiver goes to what situations, at some point I'd consider those quarterbacks. I know at- who you're going to consider, Dan. You're going to consider whoever the Dallas Cowboys choose because this happens every year. <laughs> Whoever they choose late, I don't remember the wide receiver's name. It's slipping my mind right now. Simi Fihoko, baby. Yes. I am still high on Simi. Every league you had him. I'm like, good for you, man. And I I, got to ask you, do you still have Ben DiNucci rostered anywhere? I do not have Ben DiNucci because uh, he has fallen out. It was Cooper Rush or Will Greer. I do have some Will Greer uh, stashes there. I'm waiting to see what Dallas lands as a backup, but... To Mitch's point, I will trade my third and fourth, fifth round picks, and then Dallas will draft somebody, and then I'll be trying to trade back for picks just so I could get some cowboy bum. At yeah. cost, Caleb Ellaby is the most intriguing to me out, out, you know, out of Carson Strong, Bailey Zappi. I know Zappi, he had the incredible season here in 2021. Uh, just extremely efficient, what, 60, 70 touchdowns, something like that. Um but when we go through all the boxes here, Ellaby at cost will be probably my most rostered out of those three. Again, not putting my stamp of approval on them, but out of those three, um, we can't leave out the tight ends, gentlemen. Before, <laughs> I'm not yeah, before, one of them. before you get to your great, your great tight end analysis that I know is coming, I, w- I do want to give one tip there. And I, I think, as we look at these quarterbacks and different running backs and situations, I do watch, like, you know, I joke about being a Cowboy Homer and taking some of those guys, but part of that is because I do have a lot of like Dak Prescott or see me. I liked before he went to the Cowboys that just elevated it for me. Cause he was just such a raw athlete. Um, but if you're really invested in a certain team situation and then that team drafts a player who's, you know, maybe in your rookie tiers, you might move them up a little bit to to handcuff or give yourself some depth there. Like, so if you had Montgomery last year and and I have Montgomery shares and they go and draft the Khalil Herbert, hey, why not invest that fourth round rookie pick on a team where you've already got some some stock in in, in the game there? Right. I can see that from if you're moving within a tier. Like if I have yeah. five guys here all all lumped together. Yeah, don't overdraft. I'm not saying overdraft. Right, be, right. But if it's between a, a few guys and you're invested in one, that could help make your decision. Now looking at this tight end class, we our tight end analysis, at the time I kind of felt bad about it because it was like Trey, Trey McBride and then his pro day. And he, he you know, elevated himself a, a really nice pro day. But then I was like, oh, I feel bad because we didn't really talk about Isaiah Likely as much as I would have liked. And then he he's he's still running his forty, like he pl- man that joke never gets old. Anybody that runs a slow forty, I bust out the dad joke like, oh, he's still running that forty. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Wittermeyer, he, he he dropped. So from a by default, I think after McBride, and I'm talking now. This is two PPR. I'm talking middle of the third at the earliest. We get into Cole Turner and Greg Dulcich. 
I, I don't think you're going to have to take Dulcich in the second. I, I Even in two PPR, I don't think it. And then the measurable freak, and I say that with a monsoon of respect, Jelani Woods, you know, I, I think he really rose for people uh, coming out of Virginia here this last year, but he rose for people as a result of what we saw uh, with the on-field performance but it's mcbride apollo rubbish and then i think the the group of turner dulcich and woods but again temper your expectations make sure you're setting that price point that you feel comfortable with but it should not be in the second round of your rookie drafts even in a two ppr league so that's my thought there yeah i i think i could be so against this draft class first off because it's bad as far as tight ends go but Maybe it's a little bit because Kylan Granson kind of burned me a little bit last year. I was hoping he would catch on because <laughs> there were, if people remember before the season last year, you could get him for a second in a lot of leagues. But you could have gotten and, a second for him. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, but that's in, you know, the 2.0 tight end premium ones. And I didn't do it because I had that hope that he could just take off and like nothing happened. And I know we should expect that from rookie tight ends. And so I should probably be more forgiving for this upcoming draft too. But since I go so heavy on a couple of players, I really don't want to do it on two tight ends two years in a row. So that's probably why I'm so kind of meh about this class outside of McBride. These I say something that... I, w- I wish I did this last year, but really diving in and creating the, the, the threshold uh, overlook at these players out of everybody in this class. Well, at least the, the tight ends that I have uh, documented here. And then including Hunter Long, Pat Fryermuth, Brevin Jordan, John Bates, Kyle Pitts, and Kylan Granson. Granson scores dead last out of the group. <laughs> Compared to what? This year's? Uh, the, the, the guys that I have, like 10 oh, guys bad. mapped out here. And then guys that were, were added from last year. See, I just think it's a different, like Granson... He's a receiving type tight end, which we liked. He's not that tall. He's not that, you know, big. So there, there's some limitations there. But right now it's him, and, it's him and Moali Cox. It's just a matter of how they use him. Hopefully they use him more in that passing game this year. And then, you know, if you drafted him, depending on when you drafted him last year, time of time of offseason, he was a steal. Like, I, I think you still have value for him this year. Yes, it's depressing if you could have got a second round pick and that, you know, that kind of narrative. But I like Granson today or last year more than just about all of these tight ends. You know, I like Dulich a little bit. Um, Jelani Woods, the way he, you know, he tested out, he's got a little bit of intrigue. But other than those two, from a fantasy football perspective, I do not like any of these guys. I'll still take Kylan Granson. And to give some context, I know this is going to get me killed by some people in our Discord. But to add some context to John Bates, Kylan Granson, and their scores, even Tommy Tremble was down there. Sorry, Dan. But this year, Peyton Hendershot, James Mitchell, and some folks, tight end darling, Jeremy Rucker, they're at the bottom there. So those are guys that maybe I land a few shares just because they're there. I'm certainly not actively looking to pursue them. And most likely, based on conversations we've had, there's always going to be somebody that likes Jeremy Rucker far more than I do even Kate Ott and a little bit higher than him, but you want to throw him in that tight end 
seven, six, seven, eight range, you know, alert the media. We're talking about a rookie tight end eight. All right. So a lot of names there trying to add and We didn't really get through a lot of the one for one comparisons. Mitch, you tried to start it off strong. I tried, but us- we just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of names I wanted to get through and guys that really stand out to us. But again, you could go through and I'm sure for one reason or another, you're thinking if you're listening to this, uh, Samus Reyes was my tight end flyer last year. And uh, from a metric standpoint and from an athletic profile, it kind of reminds me of Jelani Woods to an extent, just an athletic freak. So we'll see how that one plays out. But there's gonna be a lot of names that we didn't mention that you're thinking, oh God, how could they forget this guy's a late round flyer? These are just who's they're on our radar. Not to say we're not going to have these other guys rostered, but guys that we might be looking to be as Mitch likes to be overweight on, and and, and we'll see how that goes. But and we could we could have spent all night on wide receivers too if we really mm-hmm. wanted to. Like that could that runs a lot deeper than the show has time for. You know the the Kyle Phillips, Calvin Austin's, Wandale Robinson's, Romeo Dobbs. There, there's other guys to keep an eye on for sure at the receiver position. Yeah, Dobbs. Uh, he is somebody. Somebody in our Discord said they had like the five twelve in the draft that I think was pre NFL draft. And they're like, give me some names who might be there at five twelve. And Romeo was somebody. And I, I said, Romeo and Tyler Goodson. Those are my two that could be there that stand out to me. Again, we're talking about the five twelve, sixtieth 60th overall, but just a name to, to keep your eye on. Final thoughts. All right, Dan, what do you got here? Episode 155. Holy moly. Man, I just have the football spirit, guys. It, it, it is the season here. You know, it's flag football starts for me tomorrow, coaching the 10 to 12-year-old, so I'm pumped for that. And then April 16th, USFL. I think we'll be playing some DFS. I see, uh, you know, a little bit of mention of that in, in our Discord there. And then it's April 28th, NFL draft. So football is getting real, boys. It's getting real. Mitch, what do you got? Speaking of getting real, Miles Sanders. Right now, he has, he's at such a depressed price that people have launched everyone up from Josh Jacobs, Akers. Everybody is up above him now. To where I think you could get him in a lot of leagues for an early second. And what was maybe, the deal you got? You, I got him like a 204 in Nico Collins. I think that's extremely rare. But I do think you could get him for an early yeah. second and just something added on. If I'm if I have the 201, my team was horrible last year. I will trade the 201 today for Miles Sanders because I believe at some point next year he'll be worth a first round pick. I actually don't even know if you need to spend the 201 to uh, you, you say thing, right? you say 204 Nico might be an outlier. I don't know if it will be, but kind of going hand in hand with that with, with, with potential trade, keep an eye on and they're still trickling in, but whenever orphans in your league gets filled that is somebody that I want to become best friends with right away. They take over a team. I know I've taken over a few orphans this off season. I take over that team. I'm looking to blow it up. There are players that I just have no interest in having on my roster. It, if it, you're taking over an orphan, you're probably not contending right away. So if you have a, a Mike Evans, a Miles Sanders, what do we got here? What are you going to offer me? Those are the people that I think you need to approach right away Hey, Mitch, what's going on, buddy? Great to have you in the league. By the way, here's a crappy offer that I hope you accept. <laughs> but seriously, those are people that you might be able to get a nice price on these guys. Maybe they have a Miles Sanders. Maybe they're like, oh, I have no interest in Sanders. Take him for 
you know, 206 and 210 or whatever. I'm looking for extra ammunition in the rookie draft. So I think that's something to just keep your eye on. But uh, a, a lot of time here throughout the rest of the off season as orphans continue to get filled. Mitch, do you have any orphans left in any of your leagues or are they all filled? I have three, still have three left. I keep them posted in the discord and I'm going to throw them out on Twitter starting next week. Just to get, are they, filled. they're discounted, right? Yep. They're discounted half price. Yep. Yeah. That the teams that are left typically they're rough, man. I they're mean, discounted. Yeah. I have some, but you have the that. chance to play against the dynasty theory team. That's and a win, reward obviously. in and of itself. Yeah. To turn around an orphan and take down Dan Lamagna, oh my gosh, that would be amazing! Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. The as always, the the chat was fantastic. So if you're listening on the podcast feed, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, check us out on YouTube. Watch the live episodes; it is a lot of fun. Hit subscribe so you don't miss a live show. Like I said, we'll be back next Tuesday with some veteran talk. I know, boring veterans, I know, I know. But we'll be talking about some guys we want to acquire, maybe get rid of before the NFL draft. Then Thursday, Friday of the NFL draft, we will be uh, hosting our live draft party. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have, I have some cool games lined up. It's going to be, it's going to be it's a blast. Be and then, Dan, I don't know if you know, but Mitch and I were talking, we are going to do a mock draft revisit after the NFL draft and talk about any changes we would make, maybe just redraft the first two rounds again, some like shakeups. Oh, I can't believe a guy I took at 208 went undrafted. I don't want him anymore. Whoops. That's yeah. <laughs> so so a lot a lot of good things, a lot of fun things down the pipeline here with the Dynasty Theory team. Check out the Discord, check out the Patreon, hit us up on Twitter. We love to talk to everybody. It that's why I wake up in the morning. I don't know about you guys. But anyway, for Mitch Sorensen, Dan Lamagna. I'm John Bauer. Catch everybody next week. Have a good one.